did you miss me? Did you fucking miss me? Because I fucking missed you. Guess what, guys? Welcome back. I'm going to kill my family. <laughs> but hey, everybody. Welcome back to Jappy Jaws. It is your host, Lindsay Moraskin, the one and only Jappy Jar. How's everybody doing? Literally, the week that I was not with you all, essentially, felt like the longest week of my life. I feel like I haven't recorded in years when, in actuality, that is a lie. I feel like it truly has been forever, though. And I am glad I had that little week off because I missed you all so much. I missed the show. It became so much more productive with coming up with different ideas and topics to talk about with you all and that you all would be interested in. So guess what? That little break was not only to gobble me, swallow me some turkey and stuffing, but it was also for your own benefit because I'm like, okay, we have a great lineup coming through. I hope everybody is doing well, that they all had a great Thanksgiving. Everybody's happy, healthy stuff. You know, the whole nine yards. Life's been pretty cool lately, I guess. Nothing too out of the blue. Oh, I do have something I want to talk about before we get into Expose Meg, which is obviously the title of today's episode. But I have three little things that I need to just jump right in and talk about. My first thing is, I am tired. I am sick and tired of not being TikTok famous. Now, let me tell you why. Yes, is my content like basic and like whatever? Yes. However, I think I do a very good job at it and I'm getting annoyed that I have not blown up yet. I've made like maybe three new TikToks, one that I really thought was going to blow up and I was expecting a lot of shine on and and that didn't happen. I was talking about it with someone that literally got 50 something thousand views on their TikTok for literally doing the dumbest things that I would do maybe like freshman year of college. And I'm like, how do you fucking do that? And their response is like, you gotta be different and funny. It's like a whole algorithm thing. And I legit said to them, well, I'm different. I'm definitely not funny. I mean, maybe I'm like a little funny. I would hope you guys think I'm funny, but still I don't fucking get it. I try to be up and trendy, but I just fucking hit 500 views. My one friend hit like 1500 from one that was also like a trendy TikTok. Like, that's not fucking fair. What's wrong with me? And yes, I get it. It definitely takes a lot of creativity, a lot of like picking your brain and figuring something out. I try and think about content constantly for my TikTok because I truly believe I have the potential. I could start my own fucking sway house, I believe. I don't even know who's in the sway house. That's how disconnected I am. I just watch it. I can control my TikTok obsession. I think that I have the potential. And is it because I'm not as connected as everybody else that I'm not reaching this full potential? Someone please give me me a freaking answer because I need 15,000 views too. Like share the fucking wealth at this point. It's ridiculous that I only have 509 or something like that. And I didn't know this till the other day when my friend did it, that if you just exit and go back, exit and go back, exit and go back, that just like counts as another view, not on your own, but if you do that on someone and they were doing that to me and I go, that is just fake clout. That's taking away like 200 of my views. So essentially something that I had like 300 on, I really only had like 75 or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not very good at math, so don't listen to like that whole like scenario, but you know what I'm saying. But I'm just very sick and tired and angry. Should I just make like a jappy jaw one? I don't know. I made like a cute little one of how I record my podcast. I thought that was pretty fun. That didn't get any light or love. I mean, I do get likes. A lot of people are like the likes count more than the views, but the fact that I'm getting like 200 is ridiculous. I'm not a private account. Like bitch, fucking show me off on the for you page. I'm sick and tired of these broken promises. That's how I feel about that. Wow, what a way to <laughs> approach the 10th episode. 
like I was going to say before I went on that little tangent, happy 10th episode. We're in double digits. We can only go up from here. Next thing we'll know, we'll be in triple digits or we'll be in the 50s or something like that. And I'm super excited for when that's to come. Thank you all for listening and enjoying and doing all that you do and supporting me. It truly means the world. Even during the week that I was like not as active as I normally am, I had so many messages. One of my friends literally said and sent me her like Spotify top whatever thing. I don't have Spotify. I have Apple Music. And I was her number three most listened podcast. And I was like, shit, dude, thanks. But like I have fans or something. No, you guys aren't my fans. You're my friends. And I feel like I'm talking to my friends when I talk to you all. Okay. But no, I'm so excited that it's the 10th episode. I could not believe that this is something I'm doing and that I enjoy doing it. I swear I do love it. And I love everything that comes out of it. It's just going to get better from here. And I'm super excited to see where it goes. Going back on the other things that I need to talk about. And everybody's going to get mad at me about this one. But there's a story because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, Jappy Jars all alike. I have been catfished. I have been bamboozled. I have been... (sighs) That's literally how I feel about it. Okay. But the reason you guys are going to get mad at me is because I may have lied to you. The reason I lied to you is because I have re-downloaded Hinge. The reason I've re-downloaded Hinge is because I am straight up bored and I love making fun of people. And I have a curious side to me that wants to see what other people have to say. First of all, let me tell you. Hinge, even though I'm a very clearly dedicated member to your app, I fucking hate you. I mean, that's also not your fault that like my location and everything like that. But the fact that there are some people on this app that I see, people that I know, people I've matched with, I just am baffled by the amount of regularity. Nothing. It doesn't tickle my talk. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. I literally have nothing else to say. The choice of, I mean, it's not a choice, but the variety, that's the word, of men that are on there, guys, boys, it's terrible. Absolutely atrocious. I literally will match with people just to like have a conversation to see what people would be like. It is not getting very much past there. But the reason I've been bamboozled and catfished is because of this. And it has to do with TikTok actually. So for the rare time that I went on during the day because I was bored, like I really just generally don't go on often. But when I do, I'm just like, this is terrible. And I don't ever really press the check mark as often as I press the X mark. And also I'm not looking for anything. This is just for me to keep myself occupied and entertained on the occasion. So I'm swiping or, and I see this guy and I'm like, holy shit, I follow this kid on TikTok and on Instagram. Super hot, like very attractive, very much my type, dark features, whatever. He's an athlete, whole nine yards. And I'm looking at his profile. Like he has great pictures on his Instagram too. So like it was everything that was on his Instagram. And I was like, no shot, this is him. And this has happened to me before, like a while ago with another TikToker. He had done it to a few of my friends and he had popped up. So I think it was him just trying to get a little bit more clout. This one, I was very confused. And so obviously I liked him. So I liked his prompt where it was like, my ideal date is like chicken nuggets or something. It had to do with chicken nuggets. So I was like, let's see if what happens. So I liked his prompt and he matched with me and messaged me first. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. this is not happening. And also this is another thing I can't stand for guys on Hinge. And I should have mentioned this in my Hinge peeves. But if you don't put your last name, you freak me out. I'm sorry. I just can't trust. I get like you want to keep your life private or whatever, but you're on a dating app. There's nothing private about that. Regardless if you want anything serious or not serious, your private parts are going to end up being hung out to dry anyway. So that's just how I feel about that. I can't trust anyone that doesn't have their last name attached. So he didn't have his last name. Thankfully, I guess I knew his last name from his Instagram and from TikTok. And he messages me first and he goes, they're the best. And we were just having like a random conversation about fast food chains and about a date there. I'm just thinking it's like an innocent thing. And me being the gullible asshole, I'm like, this fucking guy, he matched with me. This is really him, whatever. And so we're chatting, getting to know a little bit about each other. He tells me he's working in New York right now or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he goes, so when do you want to go on that date? I'm like, huh? I'm like, sheesh, you work fast before you ask a good girl for her number. And he goes, haha, well, how would I do that? And I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe 
you ask or get to know me a little bit better. And there was a little bit more in between, but I was just very confused because it literally was within 20 something, maybe a half hour of matching. And I was like, the fuck? Then I exited out. I don't have the notifications sent to my phone. So when I open the app is when I see if I have someone new that has liked me or if I've matched with someone. And I go back and the boy freaking unmatches me. And guess what, everybody? I'm going to tell you his name. Mr. Matt Amendola. Whether or not it was you, I see you. You're not sly, my friend. So I was like, there's no way that this guy freaking unmatched me. So I went to his Instagram and I DM'd him and I go, hi, obviously you don't know me, but I think someone is using your profile on Hinge to catfish people. Now, listen, it very well may could be him. However, I don't know if it was. So there's a very 50-50 chance here that I'm just like putting him on blast for A, not wanting to pursue something further with me or B, someone was actually using his face. So Mr. Amendola, if it was you, let me know because I just want to know what made you unmatch or if you deleted your account because a girl is confused. Anywho, but going back on how much I hate Hinge, if there are any single male jappy jars, even female, I I do it for that, but I mean, I only see what guys put out because that's what obviously I'm attracted to. I will pay someone to let me redo their Hinge profile. I will do it on the show. I would, I would be so happy if someone let me do that. I am sick and tired of these fucking people doing all this weird ass shit on the app and putting on these pictures that they should not be putting, using prompt that you shouldn't be using. I'm tired of seeing a gym selfie. I am tired of seeing Snapchat filters. I'm tired of you telling me you're a regular at the gym. Please give me some substance to work with people. I can't deal with it anymore. I just truly can't. And I promise you, I have been successful in the past with redoing male dating profiles. I've done it for several of my guy friends. I once did it for my cousin. I'm in the process trying to let him let me do it again for him. It's not going too well. So maybe with your guys' help, we'll have something to achieve or something. But I'm not kidding. I will happily redo someone's profile. I have no problem doing that. But until then, I'm deactivating it. It's stupid. I hate it. It's awful. I'm not even getting enjoyment out of it. I probably am going to re-download it because that's what I like to do. I like to download, make a whole profile, delete, and repeat. Literally. I'm at fault for that. That's my catfishing story. Now, obviously, we need to talk about The Bachelorette, but I don't want to talk about it too much because honestly, I don't remember last week's episode too well. I know I really am enjoying the season, but I have never been so confused. Like, I genuinely feel like I don't know where Tasha's head's at when it comes to these men. I mean, I was given a little tidbit by a friend who told me where the final four lies or is. That doesn't really make sense, but you know what I'm saying because of a spoiler, which it makes sense. However, I don't know who and if she ends up with anybody. I know last night I was kind of bored in the beginning and I know a lot of other people were. Bachelorette Maria, she was not a fan of last night's episode. Victoria from the Moral Hangover podcast, which also just dropped season two. Shout out to them. So happy for them. It is incredible. I'm so excited to hear more of the season. She also was confused. She was watching with her mom. They were giving me their insight. I was just like all over the place. I really didn't know how I felt. And I feel like we really don't know how Tasha feels. And I don't think Tasha knows how she feels. I was so distraught that she sent Easy home. I mean, I understand why because I was very confused at the fact that he was like, oh, I'm falling in love with you. And I feel like I haven't seen them have many one-on-one interactions. And a friend of mine pointed out a few weeks ago in the beginning that she would feel like Tasha would see Easy as more of a friend, which I agree with wholeheartedly. But I think that this season of The Bachelorette is actually really doing a great job with breaking down barriers and talking about serious things that ABC in general just wouldn't talk about and that they would normally kind of put in the back of their mind. Like I was in awe of Ben last night when he was opening up and talking about being a guy with an eating disorder because it's something that is so, I don't want to say frowned upon, but isn't given as much light and it's not something that is normally talked about, especially for men. I thought 
thought it was amazing that Zach was talking about addiction with drugs, alcoholism, and how he got to where he was last week. We need to protect Ivan at all costs. I love him. I think Brendan's great. I think that we really just generally have a very different group of guys. I think in the past, everyone was so fixated on looks. Don't get me wrong. This is a good looking group of guys. However, it's a very different and very unique group of guys. I don't think they've had this great of a bunch since like Caitlin Bristow or JoJo season. By the way, so happy JoJo's there. Chris Harrison, you're such a great dad, but I love JoJo too. At first I thought it was going to be Ben Higgins, but I remember over the summer hearing that JoJo was stepping in for a little bit. That makes sense. I'm excited to see where the season ends up and what comes from it and everything like that. So let me know what you guys think. It's honestly kind of coming to an end rather soon because Matt James's season starts the first week of January, I think, beginning of the second. So I don't know if they're going to overlap each other. Who knows? And I'm curious to see if they do anything about Paradise. I feel like at this point they're going to, and I hope they do. I have a few picks for Paradise as well. Now, kids, what everybody's been waiting for, what everybody saw on the Instagram stories. I've been talking about what I wanted episode 10 to be like, and I wanted it to be more of a roast. And essentially it is a roast, and it's really generally making fun of my friend and I. However, I think it does talk about some real life issues, obviously. If you couldn't already tell, I'm someone that takes my friendships and relationships with my friends very seriously. I don't really take it for granted. I get very invested into them. I love my friends. Over the course of like the past year especially, I think that I've been able to really justify, and I've said this before, being a friend versus having friends because you could say you have all the friends in the world. I think everybody's very quick to say that they're best friends with this person. They have this many friends, but I think there's a big difference in having friends. Yeah, you can be whatever with them, cool, hang out, spend a lot of time, but are they being your friend? Are they making the effort to see how you're doing, do things because they love being around you, everything like that, and so forth. It never really has to be a question whether or not they are a friend to you instead of just having you there. My friend Megan, Megan Alberti, who is my guest today, Expos Meg, is here and we really have had the epitome of one of those friendships where we are really friends for each other. We don't just call each other a friend. We have always had this wonderful relationship and I think it really shows with the way we talk to each other. And also she has seen me at my worst. She has seen me at my best. And I think it was extremely funny that we got to kind of rewind and talk about real life things that high schoolers probably still do go through. I think a lot of different people have different experiences, especially four years later. I think it's something that a lot of people need to shed light on, how the drama club was a big part of our life, but the faults that was in it and how it's so cringy to this day, honestly, some of it. Listen with an open ear, with a grain of salt, of course. And I really hope you enjoy Expose Meg. Welcome back. Jappy Jars. Uh, last week's episode was non-existent, but after waking up from our turkey coma, we're here with an expose. An expose Meg. <laughs> an expo. So that was your intro? Should it be longer? <laughs> no, that I was great. Trying. That was great. I wanted you to do your best Jappy Jaw intro possible. <laughs> I think you did well. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So for a real intro now, that was just to like make fun of me. I keep talking about how I want this 10th episode to be funny, lighthearted, but also kind of like a reality check in a way because I wanted the 10th episode to be an expose, a roast and toasty type situation because I wanted to bring someone on that has truly been in my life for like, I don't even, how many years has it been? Since 2011? 12? Yeah, 2011, I would say. So like a good decade. That's weird to say out loud. Yeah, wow. So like a whole decade. This is, I think this is like my longest friendship then, technically. Yeah, one of my longest friendships. Wow. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think I think I do a good job with maintaining friendships and being a good friend, not to suck my own mm-hmm. tit, but like, yes. But mm-hmm. yeah, 
yes, this is one of my longer friendships has always been withstanding like the test of time and has never really gone out of style. But this person truly has seen me in every different persona version that I've ever been in, which is funny. And you probably don't know her. No offense, Meg. But her name is Megan Alberti. She actually is basically like a year and a half because you have a very early birthday, younger than me. Mm -hmm. We met when she was a sixth grader and I was an eighth grader in the good old drama club. I've mentioned before that I was a big drama club theater fiend back in the day. Don't get me wrong. I still love musical theater. I love going to Broadway. I love shows. I love all the music, everything, stories. But it was a part of my life that I took way too seriously. And Meg was part of that. And aside from just being lovers of music and musicals, we also have had a very consistent and funny friendship throughout the years. I truly go to Meg about pretty much anything. I just, I feel like sometimes like when I texted you the other night of that screenshot, you were like, Lindsay, I literally was just talking about this. Like, it's just something that like we connect on so many different levels that I was like, you know what? She also has this funny ass personality that I was like, she's got to roast me. So Meg, welcome. <laughs> well, you know what? That was a really great intro. I'm very humble. Thank you. Very kind word that you, uh, that you had. Do you think this is better yeah. than my radio show in high school? No, I don't think anything will be better, honestly. Than, than positive vibes. vibes. There's no, no way. Yes, of course. It I have to like... thank positive vibes for my career today. Truly. <laughs> yes. Positive vibes, Ryan Foley, best co-host, and they, they did a spectacular job. I think that even after you are a famous podcaster, radio host, TV host, anything in the future, <laughs> positive vibes will continue to be the project that outlives you. But yeah, I have I it think... on my resume, Bill. Good, good. It deserves to be there. WSHR. Did you ever take that class or were you going to? No, I did take it. I took it. I had a radio show. It was in 11th grade when I took it because it was the year yes. after you graduated. We did it. And it was fun. It, it's a good experience. It teaches you how to publicly speak. I remember mm, at the beginning being super nervous because even though Lindsay said I was a drama kid through and through, I still get super nervous to talk to people. And I think that doing school online has made it even worse because every time I turn my mic on to answer a question, I start shaking. So mm. that's never happened before. And I've always been good at talking to people. Broadcast journalism really teaches you how to speak publicly. Let, not like what people might think. I don't know how I want to say this. Hold on. No, I get um, what you're saying. And I think if I'm going to bounce off that, I yeah. think a big thing that a lot of people underestimate is how much public speaking classes, and I'm happy that a lot of schools require you to take public speaking classes, will help you in the long run. Because I know so many people, I took it at my sophomore year of college. It came very naturally to me because I'm a big talker. I like talking to people. I don't have a problem getting in front of people. As most of you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of guts to create a podcast, but Meg has watched me through and through talk to people. I think it's a good thing because people are like, oh my God, I can't talk to people. I can't go in front of a crowd. Okay. Like, yes, you may not always be going in front of a crowd and talking, but through the stuff that you learn through those public speaking classes or experiences, you will take when you're talking to people one-on-one or two people, three people, like in smaller settings. Truly, I've noticed that as I've gotten older and people that I know that are taking or have taken public speaking classes have truly changed because of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's really important to know how to speak to other people. And I think that also it's made me along with like a confident speaker in like mm-hmm. regular like, one-on-one or a couple people conversations. It's made me more confident. And also I feel much more entertaining because I know how to speak to an audience. Mm-hmm. So I think it's made me much more of um, an entertainer. Well, you're naturally kind of a funny person too. <laughs> like your <laughs> delivery you. with things just comes across very like natural. We would be in, <laughs> oh my God, we would be inquire she would just change the entire atmosphere with like one sentence or a joke but then like I'm gonna call you out but if she got nervous or she was getting angry or anxious a bit she would clench her fist and kind of like wiggle her nose a little bit like Sabrina the Witch
bitch and be like, <laughs> mm-hmm, clench her jaw and like rock back and forth. And her thumb would be either in or out of her fist. And she would just be like, and you would just know it was not the time for Meg to speak or for you to speak to Meg. But that's okay because everybody has their ticks. A year on my progress or report card that pleasure to have in class, however, speaks too often. Or some, what was the <laughs> yes. stupid prompt that they Talks would put? Out of turn I'm sure, or whatever. Yes. Did you get that ever inquire? If you didn't, I'm going to scream. Oh, yeah. But I want to go back to like how we first met in that drama club meeting per se. Mm-hmm. Do you remember why I started talking to you one time? Um, Was it because I sang The Winner Takes It All for my Fiddler on the Roof audition? And that was an interesting choice for a 12-year-old because um, I sang I it with about the same that, but... intensity as Meryl Streep in a production of the play. Um, I do remember <laughs> that. Oh my God, I love Mamma Mia. I, I'm so glad you like that song. No, it was because you had an iPhone. Oh, yeah. With the purple phone case, the iPhone 4, I'll never forget. And I was like, can I see it? Like, I thought you were the coolest thing since sliced bread. I was like, your parents bought this. I was in shock that your parents bought it for you because I think I had a Blackberry, which is like not much less than an iPhone when you look back on it now. Yes, Mm -hmm. I kind of wish Blackberry's been a comeback. And I remember you had the Victoria's Secret app and I was like, you have the Victoria's Secret. Yes. Yes, I did. Well, the funny thing, so I had that phone. It was the iPhone. For like four years. 4S. Yeah, that's the funny thing is I had it for four years. I got my first phone when I was five, but it was um, a Firefly. And then I made my first communion and I made so much money that I bought myself. It was also the same time that the iPhone 3 came out and I Uh used my communion money to buy it. I bought my own iPhone and I had it for a couple of years and then I got a new one in sixth grade. And I remember the phone case you're talking about it was a purple otter box and I remember going in the lobby of the middle school and like throwing my phone as high in the air as possible and letting it fall down and smash on the ground and show people my otter box I remember my phone yeah and it would not and then I think one time you cracked the back of the phone didn't you yes I did I did crack yeah but yeah I was very cocky about my iPhone 4s and then literally had it for for years and years you had it because I remember when you came to the high school I was in what 11th grade (laughs) or I saw you in the hallway and I was like you still have that phone and you're like yeah and I was like oh cool at that point I think I had like the 5s I was like two iPhones deep but that was my first impression of you was the iPhone and then like we had mentioned I was in eighth grade she was in sixth grade and our drama club I would like to say that I was like the president of the drama club at the time even though there was really no title because I took it then very seriously as well because I don't know I'm a Capricorn I love power so like any type of like Mm -hmm. responsibility and like leadership type thing I love to take and run with. So I was essentially the president of the middle school drama club, which was an honor. Okay, just kidding. Yeah, was really it. like a, an accomplishment unknown yes. to anything else. There's no other field where that is the highest you can be. From sixth grade and eighth grade on, we continued our friendship, even though I went to the high school. You and I would constantly text. I would try and go to the shows in uh, the middle school as often as I could. And then you also, I think, came to watch the two shows that I did before you came to the high school. Yeah. Yes. Which was pretty yes. cool. Yeah, we. I feel like we've always just had a very good system, the two yes. of us. Like we, we have a very good touch and go kind of thing. When we do reconvene and like say something to each other, it's very mm-hmm. easy. Like yesterday, just sending me a screenshot and I was like, I was literally just talking about this. Like we're both always on the same page, whether we are talking yes. about it or not. So it's really easy to just kind of, you know, pick up with each other where we left off very often. So I feel like, and I think that that definitely comes from the fact that we were in two different 
different schools at one point as friends. And Absolutely. That's and kind of you had to do. Yes. And you would never think that being in middle school and having that prepare you for friendships along the way would actually be as helpful as it was. And for someone like me, especially, I am terrible with my phone for as often as I'm on my phone. I'll see a message and I'll like mentally respond or I just don't want to yes. respond. I'm just that person. Yeah. But I know when I'm texting Meg that it's not going to be one of those conversations where it's like, hey, what's up? How are you? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. We are going to have a in-depth conversation. Yes, there's always a purpose for... No, yes, which I appreciate. And then like it leads on to other questions and different conversation. Like it never is just one thing. When we do end up talking and texting and reaching out or FaceTiming even, it goes on for quite some time because we have so much to say. We said before, we've always been talkers and that we Mm -hmm. just really can't stop. Did you win any superlatives your senior year? I don't remember. Yes, I won class clown, class mom, and worst case is senioritis. I mean, I won most dramatic, and if that doesn't say anything about me, I don't know what does. That was very fitting. I remember also, like, this one girl thought she could beat me Mm -hmm. for most dramatic, and I was like, nobody likes you, so that is why you're (laughs) not going to win. Because, oh my God, oh my God. But (laughs) wait, there was an issue senior year when we were voting because someone had tried to rig it or whatever, but I won in that, I guess, election. So they had Mm -hmm. to do it again. And I won the second time because this one person (laughs) thought that she was like, no, 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 they can't win for the people that did win. Because I think it was me, another girl, and then two guys, I want to say, or maybe it was three girls and one guy. I have to look at my yearbook later. At first I was like, oh, it's because I'm in the drama club. No, it's because I'm a fucking dramatic fucking bitch yeah like i just like especially then and i know you can you're ready to like get the roasted going i took (laughs) everything too seriously Mm -hmm. yeah you did the capricorn sun and leo rising made you in charge (laughs) and the center of attention 24 7 which i still am but i think i have a better understanding of myself and of life around me and like situations now because i'm sure you're gonna say something i am completely different than what i was in 2016 yeah 100 percent. which i think is a great thing Yes, it it definitely is. I think that you are in a weird way, a hundred percent different, but also the same. Like your your character hasn't changed, your personality, the general essence of it really hasn't changed. But you just are able to utilize it way better. You matured, like how people do. You know, we definitely both did, and we use those driving forces of our personalities in a different way now because we're not in high school and drama club isn't like the major corporation that runs our life anymore. <laughs> it's like actual real life. You're, you yes. did, you've done a good job. Of, Thank you. Those are all good traits. The hard worker in control and getting stuff done. But, you know, in high school when it was the drama club, it was a little like, all right, well, it's a drama club, so it's going to be okay. So I think within the decade, there's been cringy shit that's always happened from the very beginning, the middle to now. I don't think the cringiness ever stops. Would you say so? I would agree. And I would say that I don't think it's ever going to stop. And I am proud to be cringy forever. No, I am too. Now, what would you say was one of the most cringy things you and I did together or that I did? You know what? I want to start with the banger of the flower fields vomiting story. Oh, yes, yes. I don't know if it fits cringe, but I... I think it was just an unfortunate scenario. It was weird. Yeah, it was very weird. And I pushed the memory down so deep because it was so awful. Uh And I actually did not remember it until recently. I was definitely in high school. So I was probably in like 10th 
grade and you were in 12th, we had to do help your mom's job at this yes. event. My mom was volunteering at an event for her job and she had asked me, she goes, oh, do you and Meg want to help out? And we were like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like we didn't really have anything else to do. So mm-hmm. we had planned it and Meg was going to come home with me that day. I was like, okay, make sure you meet me here after eighth period. We were hanging out and I remember not feeling well before we left and we had to like dress nice too. We get to the, the venue. It's a place called Flower Field here on Long Island. Mm-hmm. It's like a wedding venue and it's so pretty and so fancy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're, we're helping out or whatever. And there was like this little room in the front. Like a green room almost. In. Yeah, definitely like a green room where we like to put our stuff down or hung out. And yeah, I just started puking. Like I, I was throwing up <laughs> bad all over. Wait, you're missing a huge chunk, Meg. We had gotten back to my house and you're like, I don't feel great. And I was like, did you eat today? You're like, no, not really. I was like, oh, okay. I made you leftover Chinese food. And <gasps> you're like, right. and you're like, oh, okay. I feel a little better. We got ready. We were all good <laughs> to go. My mom came home from work and she's like, all right, let's go to the venue. We went, we set up some stuff. And then we were just like sitting in the green room. Meg was like, like my head kind of feels weird. I was like, okay, like we'll just chill for a little. She's like, okay, I think I'm good now. We stand up. All of a sudden Meg's hand goes to her mouth, completely misses. And her vomit <laughs> is projectiled onto like the door and the wall. And I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. And I've never, to my recollection, thrown up in public before. And I hate throwing up also. But yeah, I just I think everybody does. Yeah, I don't think anybody actually likes it. Yeah, I just completely lost it. And it was unfortunate. And it was really embarrassing. And my aunt had to come pick me up early. It was it was rough. The thing is, it's really nothing to be truly embarrassed about. I mean, like, I think anyone in that situation would feel embarrassed. It wasn't because, like, we were drinking or anything like that. But, like, we just genuinely, like, she just got sick. Like, that's really all that (laughs) happened. No, I think that it was just the combination of me being you know, a 16-year-old girl. So everything is terrifying and embarrassing. I, I feel like if I were drunk, that would have been even better. I almost wish I was drunk because then the reasoning isn't that my body <laughs> is nauseous. Uh-huh. Like it would just be so much better if I could have just been like a stupid drunk idiot and thrown up because then people would just be like, oh, Dumbo. And I wanted uh-huh. to forget it so badly just because I felt like everyone was looking at me. It was so horrifying. Did we come to the conclusion that it was food poisoning or something? Yeah, it must have been that. But I don't the know The leftover why. Chinese food. I fucking gave you. I have no, I don't know, honestly, because I feel like I remember feeling crappy all day. Yes. So, and it was also, wasn't it the end of the year, kind of? Like, was it, was it like December-ish? It was like winter time, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like it might have been cold and flu season. I think another cringy moment that comes to mind is when you, me, and like four or five other of our friends, this was when I was a junior and you were a freshman. I don't know if you remember this, but I had had a bunch of people over for a sleepover, and I think we had a Saturday rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And I think Foley at the time, who to give a little bit of background story on Foley, I hope he listens to this. So when yeah, I was I in high school, I had my <laughs> own radio show with one of our good friends, Ryan Foley. And truly, our radio show was the start of an era for me. And I was like, okay, like this is what I want to do. And Foley and I literally had the most amazing time. Like we were just two 17-year-olds taking a broadcast journalism class. Like we were so excited that we were gonna have our own show. We had it every Friday night at like six o'clock, six to seven on 91.9 WSHR. I remember at first we were so nervous we would literally like write out an entire script of what we were going to say and how we were going to say it. We had all these different segments and I remember our advisor who ran the whole WSHR 
our apartment was like, we have a lot of people listening to you guys. I used to love when people would call in or like request a song. Mm-hmm. We never would listen to them if they requested a song. We would try to, but we had such a log of what we wanted to play already <laughs> that we just were like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll be like, we'll play it like in an hour and we would never play it. I remember a few times some people would call and be like, I just want to let you know, you guys are like the highlight of my drive home from work. I just really love you guys. Keep doing oh, this. Like keep showing. And I was like, oh my God, like we're famous fully. And he'd be like, Lindsay, shut the fuck up. We genuinely like loved it. Anywho, I had had a few people over and one of our friends had brought a bunch of different alcohol. I felt like in high school and I feel like you can kind of attest to this. Essentially Hannah Montana, I had a double life because (laughs) I had like all my friends from high school, all the drama kids. I loved being a theater nerd at the time. It was a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. I had been a camp girl, a teen tour girl. So I always was hanging out with them as well on weekends. And I felt like I was always a different person with those people. Like I was very much more jappier in the sense there. Like, don't get me wrong. I was still a fucking jappy ass bitch in high school, considering I was also one of the five in my high school. <laughs> Jews, I should say, not Jap. Like I had different experiences like with them and with my high school friends. But I remember our friend had brought like three different types of wine. I think some sort of scotch and something else. And we were just taste. Do you remember this? This was in my den. I feel like I remember being in your den, but I don't remember. I don't remember at least scotch. Some sort of brown that liquor. My parents were never really like you cannot drink till you are 21 they'd never really have been like that but I was also mm-hmm. kind of nervous because I had other people over and it was other people bringing drinks and mm-hmm. I remember like we were in the corner where if you were coming down my stairs you wouldn't see what we were doing but you would still be able to see us yes and I, remember, I, were, I definitely remember that part because I remember being scared and you being uh-huh. like it's okay we'll hear them before they can see us <laughs> and I was like okay <laughs> I literally sound like the devil saying that I think what I find most cringy is we were with all these people and we were just trying to mix all these different alcohols because we just wanted to be like a cool not that that was my first introduction to alcohol and drinking but that was a real trying and testing moment of okay like is this what I want to do or whatever you know so (laughs) I think that was definitely a cringy moment because okay we're I I hate saying it like this but we're old enough now where we can test and try see what we like I think that's Mm -hmm. when I really realized I am not a huge wine person like I much rather have a cocktail than a glass of wine but I just remember thinking to myself like whoa we're the shit <laughs> we're it, so like cool. it's Friday night we ain't kicking in a while on a Friday <laughs> night literally thinking we were truly the shit because yes. our friend had brought seven different bottles in a backpack and then we left it in her car when we went to rehearsal the next day yes and now mm-hmm. is this the time to bring like me being a true bitch oh yes it def- favorite story okay yes anytime is a good time for you to bring up being a true bitch I love this but, story yes the story's so good this had to have been was my junior year your freshman year and it was mm-hmm. after a rehearsal so I think we were getting ready to go home and I had to go to my locker and my locker was on like the complete other side of the school and I hated going there mm-hmm. alone I would always make Meg come with me because I knew she'd say yes and so we're coming back down and we're in the hallway that kind of goes into the divide of like the main lobby where the auditorium was where we had rehearsals obviously and I see this girl walking down the hallway that's a year older than me she's a senior I had followed the prom page that they had because I was nosy and I wanted to see everybody's dresses. Her dress was just posted and she was fairly short, like very short, obviously for shorter people. Cause Meg, you're not like tall, but you're not like ridiculously short. She was definitely shorter than you, but she was like walking towards us. And when I saw her dress, she quite literally looked like a shrimp. Um, <laughs> it was bright pink rhinestones everywhere. And it was just genuinely the most heinous dress I've ever seen. But I think what made it worse was her height. And 
Not that that's her fault, but back in my mind, I'm just thinking, you know what you're working with? And she was like fairly busty too. Everything was just popping out and I'm not judged. No, I'm judging. Um, she, def she definitely chose the pretty flashy dress over the dress that would have accented her, you know, regular height and figure better. Yes, you're she way thought, nicer than me. <laughs> she thought that that style, she liked the style so much, but didn't apply it to how it would, you know, fit on her. <laughs> I guess okay, that's Thank you I'll for say. making me not sound like an asshole completely. <laughs> so she was walking towards us and we were like friendly with her. She was part of the crew. We knew her. We weren't like best friends with her, but we knew her. And I was like, I have to say something about this dress. I have to say something about this dress, like in my head. And I was like, oh my God, let's call her Donna. I was like, oh my God, Donna, I absolutely love your dress for prom. I just saw it on the page. And she's like, oh my gosh, Lindsay, thank you so much. That means so much to me. We're walking, we're walking. And then we get to a part where like, we can't see Donna anymore. And what do I say to you, Meg? <laughs> we get, we get a little further away and Lindsay leans over and whispers in my ear. That's the ugliest fucking dress I've ever seen. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God. And so I immediately told her that that was like a Regina George moment. Like it reminded me so clearly of that part where she's like, oh my God, I love your skirt. Where's it from? And she's like, it's my mom's. It's vintage from the 90s. And she's like, so cute. And then the girl walks away and she looks at Katie and she's like, that's the ugliest fucking skirt I've ever seen. And it was totally that moment. And I was like, yep, this is, I am friends with the Regina George of our high school. And honestly, as life has gone on, that moment has stuck with me so much that <laughs> I take that into account every single time that I judge or look at something that I'm not necessarily a fan of. Okay, like everybody loves babies for some reasons and like has an infatuation a bunch of my friends with being pregnant, a belly, all that stuff. I have zero desire to do oh any of it. I want to do all of that at all costs. I think babies are cute, absolutely. But like it doesn't give me baby fever. It doesn't make me want to go get pregnant tomorrow. Exactly. When I see people name their children the most heinous names or anything like that, <laughs> you fucking hate your child. Like to name yeah. them Apple. What are you supposed to say? Come here, Appy Appy Baby Baby. No, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. When I started realizing that those names were horrid or I saw a trend or something, the moment that I go back to most in life is that moment with Meg of my Regina George moment. I think that we both though are, if I'm not Regina George, I am definitely much one of her minions because I can be extremely, extremely brutal and mean to people in my own head. You know, I was talking to my roommates about this because I just hate ugly people. You know how like people look ugly? You just get the feeling that they're ugly. <laughs> you look at someone and you're like, that is not something I want to look at. I would never be okay. mean to someone for being ugly, you know? Like, and also I'm not saying I'm the prettiest person on earth, but you know, I would look at someone and be like, okay, this person's ugly and I hate having to interact with them. But I would never like purposely be mean to someone because they are ugly. I would never purposely be rude to someone. I can't drive that point home enough. I would never purposely be rude to someone. I would just hate having to interact with them. And I think this worked perfectly with my theater professor last year because genuinely she was very ugly to me and I hated having to look at her and I hated going to class because I had to look at her every single time. But she was mm -hmm. the sweetest, dorkiest woman on earth. It's like, come on, give me something to work with because I want to like you, but I, I just hate looking at you. So I think that that's where a lot of my mean girl stuff comes from because like I could love someone as a person, but if I continuously interact with you and I seek out your 
your friendship or whatever, just know that you're definitely not ugly because I would not be able to continue a relationship with someone who I thought was just ugly. Even though I like your personality or whatever, I would not be able to sustain a relationship with you if like every single time I look at you, I'm like, I hate having to look at you. That's just a message for my circle of friends is that you're not ugly. (laughs) Okay, so I have two questions to follow up from that. Do you think that the Regina George moment with me really helped amplify that mentality for you? Yeah, I think you definitely have a lot of part in (laughs) how I scrutinize and criticize people. But also I think that I just had that in my, you know, in my mind anyway. So I think that we were together flawlessly because we both were, you know, it's like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Steel Magnolias. And there's a part where Olympia Dukakis' character says like, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say to someone, come sit by me. And I think that that really sums the two of us up perfectly. You want to talk shit about someone or you want to make fun of someone, I'm 100% the person to go to. My second question to you is, I mean, I just posted my TikTok thing on my Instagram story of like my transformation because everybody knows that I'm one cocky motherfucker about my glow up. And I embrace it completely because I truly did work hard for how I feel and how I look. Obviously, everybody goes through different trials and errors of all that stuff and definitely was a journey for me to get to where I am and feel the way that I am. But back Mm -hmm. in high school, especially senior year, because I really went through like such a rough patch. I think that was like the worst I ever really felt about myself and looked. I truly felt ugly and like I definitely did not look like how I look like now. I'm gonna be cocky. Like I think I'm a hot bitch now. Definitely not right now. I'm in pajamas and like no makeup. I don't even know if I brush my (laughs) I would like to think that I am a very hot bitch sometimes when I put myself together, obviously, especially from that moment. So when I was ugly then, did you not want to be my friend? Oh no, because okay, first of all, first of all, we were friends from, you know, like the OG ugly days. Yes, yes. Whatever you think is your worst growing up, obviously it wasn't because like middle school exists. Like we we have looked worse than we've looked now. But no, I obviously I did not ever think about not being your friend because you got too ugly for me. <laughs> There's no way. No, because you brought up the whole thing and I was just like, hmm, I wonder I wonder if that has anything to do with anything. <laughs> no, that did not have any part in it. Okay, well, I'm glad to know that now. And now I know I keep repeating myself and I sound like I'm beating a dead horse. I cannot stress enough how much I really do love theater and how much meant to me way back when. I mean, it still means a lot to me. It definitely is something that my family and I have always enjoyed doing together and seeing. Meg and I are both very blessed that we do live somewhere where it is very easily accessible to go to Broadway and see a Broadway show. We truly did enjoy it and we learned a lot from being in musical theater and being in the drama club. However, I think where we went to high school and the, I guess, status and reputation that our drama club had already established, it seemed like it was so much more of a big deal than it was. Mm -hmm. And it was truly, I think for both of us, I mean, we went through it at different times. We only really did it together in high school for two years, but it was truly the end all be all for us way back when. Yeah. I was talking about this with one of my friends because I was explaining what senior speeches was. Obviously, if you didn't go to our high school or drama club, you don't know what this is. But at the end of the year, the seniors would do what the name suggests. They would give a speech about, you know, what drama club meant to them their four years and what they hope to do. And then there was also a a sort of like special thanks to these people and you would shout people out. Mm -hmm. The thing was, there was also like something called a senior survey that went along with in the senior survey, you would basically just write your speech so everyone could take it home and look back at it. But the whole point was the senior survey was to be more expansive than the speech was. And it was supposed to be like the senior 
survey takes up all the time that like you can't take up in your speech because they wanted to avoid hour long speeches. But of course, every single year without fail, that's always what a senior speech was. And we always gave these hour long speeches like it legitimately was the end of the world. And we would never, ever, ever see each other ever again. And hysterically crying. <laughs> yes, it was so dramatic. I think it, to an extent, and this is where I will defend it. I think a lot of us were very scared about moving on from what we were a part of because this is all we really know we matured with Mm -hmm. this how are we supposed to go on like yes some people were going to community college some people were going away to school some people were joining the army Mm -hmm. there were different scenarios so like we knew things weren't going to be the same ever again but we genuinely (laughs) thought we were on broadway like we really did yeah it was very interesting how and i think yes it went it was it It was was very cultish no we were a cult but we were a weird literally were because we still got looks in the hallway where people would always have to be peeping into the auditorium. I remember I used to get so angry. I don't know why. When people oh, would yeah. like look through the auditorium door windows, try and see our rehearsals. I'm like, go buy a ticket to the show, asshole. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Sit down. Like, it's fine. Which is like weird for me to say because I love attention. Well, because it wasn't ever good attention. Like, I feel like they were always looking at us to make fun of us. Mm-hmm. And we were always doing something weird too. Like, that's no, every single time. Like, it wasn't even what we were doing for our shows. Oh my God, wait, this is a really cringy moment. So with our drama club, we did three, essentially three different shows a year. We did a play in the fall where there's no music because everybody seems to get that confused. In the winter springish time, we would put on our musical. And then towards the end of the year, we would have a student run production called Broadway Night. Now, whoever invented Broadway Night seriously needs to rethink it because that was taken way (laughs) too seriously. And it was God. (laughs) Yeah, it was truly not necessary as fun as it may have been. But like, it's nothing exciting. But I remember like one of the times was when I don't know yeah, what whatever the name of the song is and like we would do battles on oh, stage God. and that's yes. definitely what like those people were looking at too and I was always so embarrassed because I was like oh my god I'm continuing to make the drama club name worse by acting like fucking weirdo a on fool. stage right now yeah literally no, fool. even though we're making fun of it now I hate that I shit on it as much as I do but like I'm going to continue <laughs> we generally loved it and mm-hmm. enjoyed our time there were certain situations certain scenarios that were taken too seriously and honestly by the adults too yes the adults were the worst i will uh, that is a hill i'll die on the adults are what fueled the Mm -hmm. absolute atrocities that were committed by the students in terms of like cringe shit because they were the epitome of cringe these adults that ran whatever and they had the most drama between the three of them and Mm -hmm. would create drama with the kid it was oh yeah it got to a point where like i literally went to the principal it was my senior year and I was like listen the amount of mental distraught (laughs) I felt because of these individuals is not okay and like I know I would not feel okay leaving behind such terror honestly in the moment I almost felt heroic but I generally was doing it because I do not want any of my friends that I'm leaving that are younger than me to feel the way I felt senior year especially we're supposed to enjoy this our last show is supposed to be the most meaningful show and it wasn't for me like I Mm -hmm. absolutely hated it yeah the weird body shaming that went on and from adults to students. As much as people want (laughs) to shit on the theater kids and be like, oh, it's because you're a theater nerd or whatever. We truly went through the same gruesome process as someone that was in a sport did with their coach. If coaches told them that they needed to gain more weight, (laughs) if they needed to improve on a hit better, something like that. We went through the exact same thing, maybe in a different way, but essentially when you're being yelled at constantly that you're not doing something right, that you sound terrible, that you need to lose weight in order to fit into 
into a costume. In order to they get literally, a part. <laughs> Yeah, there were people that literally sat on our director's lap and every year somehow got a lead role for no reason. <laughs> it was a gruesome process. It was. Thankfully, that leadership is not there anymore. It wasn't, well, at least it wasn't there after Lindsay left and she took care of us younglings because we were in oh, a, yeah, really a, a decently better environment after that. I don't know what I can say for the kids who uh, follow after me. I thought I was going to be a lot more attached to uh, the club and to everybody. I mean, like, I still talk to my friends. When I would come home, I'd love to visit, watch rehearsals, talk to people. It was so nice seeing people get excited to see me when I came home. I feel like I didn't, not that I didn't care as much, but I was like, I got into the groove faster than other people did with not being so invested. You and I would talk about things like I'd be like, oh, how's it going? Like, tell me about this, catch me up. Because I was just curious. It wasn't like I was trying to invest myself. And it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like you were trying to get details from me. Like you were just asking me about how something going on in my life was going. I was in drama club still when you were graduated. And so you were like, how's it going? (laughs) And that's also something that we related to for a while, like together. So I feel like it's something we'll always talk about anyway, because that's like the foundation of of our friendship. So it was never conniving way of trying to like get the tea after you graduated. Some people were like that, which I thought was even weirder sometimes. It definitely was not weird when you were doing it, but people would like come back frequently and hang out and Mm. watch rehearsal. And I was like, don't you have college or one of your jobs to be doing? Like there's, I know that these people are super, super busy apparently in their private life, but still we're making so much time for something that they finished doing. What I don't understand, not that I don't understand is like, I think a lot of people would also think that I wanted to be part of that because I would get texts being like, oh my God, did you hear what happened with blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, it's not my place to think anything. Like my <laughs> my voice doesn't matter anymore. Not that it really yeah. ever did to begin with, which I hate to say like that. But I'm growing up. I'm moving on. And yes, was I like a fucking weird beginning of my freshman year of college? I felt like I was almost not forced, but like just so used to and like felt like I always needed to be listening to a musical. And don't get me wrong, like I love listening to them now, but I was just so used to being like, oh my God, I need to listen to Entra, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would just constantly be like listening to that stuff. And then I was like, okay, Lindsay, you don't need to force yourself to do this anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because like like you said, it was a cult. We almost had to follow suit with what was before us or what everybody expected from us. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic change. I think even on like just a broad scale of going from high school to college, it's very interesting, especially when you go to a different place than your mm-hmm. hometown. For The thing is, what I'm trying to get at is that while it was so cringy, it truly did help us. And even though it could have been traumatic at times or dramatic at times. It was something that really helped us grow as people and it helped a lot of other people grow as people because we were figuring life out. Because I think what a lot of people and especially people from our high school, everyone is stuck in high school and what they were used to. And don't get me wrong, like if you're still friends with a lot of like your core group of people from high school, good for you. Like I truly admire that. I wish I had like a huge group of friends from high school, but I don't. And that's okay. Like I think a lot of people don't grow up and they, I hate to say it like this, but they shelter themselves from experiencing new people and new experiences. Yes, they might have gone away yeah. to school and made new friends, but somehow, some way, they're still stuck in that person that they were in high school. I was talking about this with one of my roommates because I was telling I was telling her about how it feels really weird to be home, and for, I've been home since March, like so many people have, and I will be mm-hmm. home for the whole the whole school year. My classes are online next semester as well, so I, I'm just here, and like I'm not experiencing anything new, and it sucks because I feel like really trapped, and it's really hard to connect with my friends from here because you know after. After I left, I went through such 
such a, oh my God, like that really isn't all life is, you know? Like there's so much more outside of school district on Long Island that I have to see and I don't have to be friends with the same people just because I saw them every day. That's like what one of my roommates told me was like, if you're feeling like, you know, separated from people that you've always liked your whole life, maybe you need to realize that sometimes you're just friends with people because you had to see them every day. At that point, it's almost like you're forcing it too. Yeah, it it really is. Especially if everything you talk about always pushes forward, you know, it's okay to like do what we do where we, you know, reminisce on like old situations and high school. And we, I feel like the two of us kind of like we talk about past, but that's not the only extent of our conversation. Like we do talk about what's new with us and we do keep each other in the loop with like new endeavors and always pushing forward to the future and discussing the future with each other. So I think that that's the difference in if you find yourself only ever talking to your friends about old memories that you guys have and you guys are just sitting Mm -hmm. stagnant in, you know, what's going on currently, that's when you should probably like reassess your friendship and see if maybe you really were just friends with that person because you needed a friend every day. You saw them every day. You related to the same things because you were at the same school. I think that that was a big lesson I had to learn was how to it was trying too yeah that's not evolving no exactly and I think a big issue for me in high school was when you and I kind of fell out of our friendship we never did but never could understand I was very sensitive I mean like I still am a sensitive person but I have a lot thicker skin now and I know life a little (laughs) bit better but I was going through like a weird time and Meg and I had another friend and we like literally called ourselves the dynamos for me for such a long time it was just gonna be like the three of us like obviously we had other friends but I felt like I never wanted to lose the three of us and I felt like we were because our other friend was involved with so many other different things she was not only in theater with us but she was also an athlete and then Meg Mm -hmm. is this funny social human being and she kind of made her own new group of people and then I kind of felt like I was alone and I was just like in my own little bubble like trying to figure out like okay do I even like have these people anymore I like took it to a level too far because I was just like it's over fine but like it wasn't and I think especially towards the end of my senior year that summer like the thing was it was never not there I just had to come to terms with okay Meg's also younger than me she has another two years here I'm leaving yes you can be friends but you can't just like stop them or stop yourself from experiencing new things you know I had to get out of that comfortable bubble and I think that's where you mentioned that you can't just like rely on all these people that you were just forced to see every day yes friendship is work but if you feel like you're forcing something constantly or you feel the need that you need to be in control of the situation a lot of the time you need to reevaluate that a bit I definitely was trying to make like a good a newer circle to everyone was graduating and Lindsay was graduating and I was worried and I wasn't getting along with the third friend in our group really anymore so I needed I needed friends (laughs) and so I was making a new circle and I did definitely hang you out to dry a bit and I do feel very guilty still I think honestly it helped us in the end because I feel like we did end up realizing okay like it's not over we're not not going to be friends yeah I was able to figure out that friendships are always different you're going to have a different relationship with everyone very unique to the person and I think a lot of people especially in high school feel that they need to do this just because they need to get by in high school which isn't necessarily fair like it's fine to do your own thing it's fine to go out on your own and figure out what type of person am I what type of people do I want to surround myself with and I think that was definitely something that was a hard pill for me to swallow at first but I think as time went on it made it a little bit better and also with the people that we surrounded ourselves 
themselves with. Everyone almost was the same in a way. Everyone was, first of all, everyone was in drama. We were all constantly around each other and we all had that same general personality and kind of idea of how things work, mm-hmm. which was nice. I felt like it wasn't that hard to kind of come in and out of that group because we all kind of were just the same. Like we all kind of understood each other to the same extent. But what I do want you to do now is I want you to roast me. This is the roasty toasty part that everybody's been waiting for. Call out every single okay. weird shit thing that I ever did. I feel like I always admire you. So everything that you did that I roast, please just know I definitely admired you for it at the time and wanted to be just like that. And now I'm just thinking about it and thinking like, oh my God, we're so dumb. I feel like we did a lot of play adult as high schoolers. We like wanted to be older. Schoolers. Yeah, we always wanted to be so much. And we were genuinely. Like you said, you were president of middle school drama, even though it wasn't a real position. You literally just made yourself that because you were in charge of everything. And then in high school, you actually were vice president of drama club your senior year. I, I still like beam about that. Literally, I'm just like, yeah, when I was vice president of the drama club, when I ran Big Sale. <laughs> and you want to know what's so funny? is So when you were vice president, you legitimately acted like you were the vice president of the United States. Like it was the most professional thing. And I remember thinking like, this is the most professional it gets. And then when you became vice president, I was like, oh my God, I'm friends with the vice president. And you were very fancy with the role. Like I feel like you took it so seriously. Like it was actual presidency. And you were like, yeah, the ruler of the whole class. But you also were kind of genuinely are like that in mm-hmm. every aspect, like in, in every area of every uh, You're very good at just taking the lead. Taking I'm a very control. dominant person in, in various different yeah. ways because I like things done a certain way and I'm not open to change. So uh, yeah, but you're very, could... very stubborn. Um, yes. And like <laughs> things will get done the way that you want them to get done. So yeah, you definitely were like that. I know that you definitely dressed, like went to school dressed like you wanted to be in charge of everyone. It was very, like you didn't dress, uh, you didn't wear like a pantsuit to school every day, but I mean like you just always looked nice and professional. And like I think I wanted to look jappy picture. like my other friends like that didn't <laughs> yes, go to our school. That. I wanted to be jappy so everyone would compliment me. <laughs> yes, so you could be like, I am, I am. I am woman, hear me roar. Almost like you thought paparazzi was going to be following you throughout the day. Like I feel like you behaved so much. All eyes are on me and they're, everyone's going to hear me say this. Like you were very, oh very Man, get excited. Mean. This isn't mean. Okay. Well, like I don't know what mean things to say to you. I, I don't think anything mean. I think, you know, you were just a little adult, you know, trying to be mm-hmm. an adult as a kid, which I guess is a little cringe, but only to other adults. I was younger than you. So I looked up to you. You were cool to me because you did that. I mean, you ate weird food. Like I feel like you were always <laughs> eating like a weird, <laughs> like a weird meal. But yeah, just the essence of you was in charge. No matter what, if you didn't know who was in charge, it was always Lindsay, like somehow. <laughs> Even if it was like, and I really just think that like has situation. taken over my life. It I like really to be has. in charge. Like, you are very, you are very much like controlling planner. And I love it. Say, and I know that I am. You mentioned that I was always very stubborn. Can you give me any instance where my stubbornness was just like a cock? I mean, we're always thinking like, oh, I think we should do this, but it's Lindsay, so I'm just not gonna, you know, push it. <laughs> we keep talking about like the people that we surrounded ourselves with, and like who was in the drama club, and truly mm-hmm. that there were so many different kinds of personalities in it. 
but like some that were great and that we were able to like, you know, respect, understand, be friends with. Obviously, nobody's perfect. Everybody butts head at some point or another. Another Mm -hmm. big thing was that there were so many people that were very hot headed and hard headed and big headed and narrow minded. There were people who really bothered me who were like praised among us. Mm -hmm. And I never understood it. But I would just kept my mouth shut because it's like, you know, what's going to happen if you call them out? So you'd think that like these people would be famous from the way that they acted. Or the way that people tried to treat them. Yes. They honestly were, a lot of people were manipulated by these people. Yes. Because they would give them the attention and the love that they wanted. And they're like, oh my God, this person kind of makes me feel very special. When in actuality, they just wanted a fan. Like they were corrupting them. Yeah. It was a lot of like preyed on different, quote unquote, different kids tried to appear as one of them to like get them to like them. They almost knew the power that they held. Definitely. And just kind of, it was just gross. I'll be friends with people to happy and like just keep things running smoothly whatever I don't really care but like this person preyed on people who were different so if we could go back in time right now and be the versions of ourselves that we are now because even though we were essentially the same people in a way I think we're not as afraid because so many people including adults put these people this person persons because there was definitely more than one but yeah to each their own like how we truly felt I think we would because if that was going on right now and in the day and age that we live in it would look weird and like it was weird then but I think it would look 10 times worse now looking back now do I regret anything I don't want to say that I do and if we could go back and change anything that had ever happened anything we had said done acted what would you want to change or how would you want to do things differently I guess I would go back to my sophomore year when I was like creating an actual like sort of friend group and Mm -hmm. I would tell myself that I'm not first of all not special and I'm not in some like cool exclusive superior club because I wasn't I was 16 years old so like you know get over it I would just be a a lot more appreciative of all the people around me I think that I was very like I did I got stuck in you know like the people that I liked I think that I should have put more effort into actually building relationships with everyone because that's the only thing that would have benefited me like you know closing your circle off like that doesn't doesn't help anybody I mean it makes it it makes you feel a lot more secure and like safe in the people that I was friends I'm still friends with now but definitely not to the same extent that I was Mm -hmm. then like so much closer then and I would just remind myself that you know everything's very temporary and to take everything with a grain of salt honestly because you're taking my words from my mouth that's my favorite thing to say (laughs) on this podcast (laughs) see it's interesting that you say that because I almost guess there are certain situations and scenarios like if I were to go back but I wouldn't change my relationships with people because obviously it all impacted me somehow I would change myself and I know that sounds stupid because you really shouldn't and like I definitely have learned from that the fact that I would just be very immature and I think that just comes with age anyway but being so immature Mm -hmm. and being so invested into something that like in the long haul wasn't going to really do much for me I mean yes it gave me a lot of fun and cool memories and experiences I think a lot of theater kids definitely gain a 10 times more confidence than a normal person does because of always being on such almost yes exactly almost too much and I let that get to my head very early on I yeah. like the fact that I just took things way too seriously and I didn't really know and I think as I've gotten older I'm I'm still working on it to kind of just like relax and let life do its own just not be trying to find an answer and not be always in control like yes that's part of my personality but the fact that I would be like hysterically crying if I didn't get a role or if I yeah. wasn't talking to you one day or people were just not being like normal in my eyes or 
I like mm-hmm. I just felt like there was a lot of like thicker skin that I could have had. And the fact that I'd be hysterically crying after like a show ending as if I wasn't going to see these people the next day was just never something I could. The fact that I was so emotional then and my emotions now is just two different fucking things. Like <laughs> I feel like I don't feel anymore. I Maybe I got it all out then. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just do. think like I th- took things, but I think this is part of my personality. I th- took it way too seriously. I don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it, but I think I would have enjoyed it more had I not taken it as like a job, you know? Like yeah. I was 17 years old. I took it like a job. Like I didn't enjoy it. It was a club. Like it wasn't my lifestyle. I mean, technically, yes, but like I didn't treat it like it was fun anymore. I didn't need to take it to the level I did. Yeah, you didn't need to like hurt yourself over it. <laughs> I'm a lot more carefree. And I think that you can really attest like when we even talk, I have like a different outlook and different mentality on things. Like I just really don't care anymore. Not that I don't care, yeah. but like I know where to put energy to and towards yeah. now more so than I did before. Like I used to be very afraid to like not put all my eggs in one basket. Now I'm just like, oh, let's just throw the eggs at the wall and see which one cracks, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't regret letting myself get that upset because I it was very much like part of self-esteem at that time. No, like, yeah, that you're was, right. Mm-hmm. That's where we were able to distinguish ourselves as people and not just students, mm-hmm. like in theater, in the arts and like sports kids had that too. Like they were able to be star athletes or whatever. So when you fail, when you don't get like a lead role, like you're just sentenced to the background, you know, like that's not how exactly you can't be special. You can't distinguish yourself. And, that, and that's what we wanted to do at that exact time. So I think that, you know, like it, it really sucked how I don't, I'm not to say like, I know people get so mad now and they're like, every kid gets a participation trophy, blah, blah, blah. You know, not getting a lead role in, in high school. Like it sucked. It made you feel shitty, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. you, like you weren't talented and then you just had to wait till next year. And then if next year you had no year because it was your senior year, like, you know, you just never got your chance and it feels crappy because that's like what your world is, is this. Mm-hmm. My self-esteem was so mm-hmm. dependent on this one thing. <laughs> like that's how, that's how I was going to be able to get through. And then when I did get a lead role, like it felt so good. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it was so nice to be able to reform and people pay attention to you and like teachers bring it up like after the show mm-hmm. happens and stuff like that. I do get mad at myself a little bit for taking it too seriously and like making myself upset when I should have been enjoying it. But also at the same time, I'm just mad at the adults that like didn't mm-hmm. realize how important this was to us. And, you know, like kind of just gave the same people the same things over and over again instead of, you know, testing it out and giving to someone else who might, you know, needed. Mm-hmm. No, and I think that's something that has definitely helped me realize all of that stuff too because I do agree with you to a sense but like obviously we can't change it now and like it sucked then but I think it gives us more of an appreciation and a different outlook now because we're able to recognize yeah. that and feel a little bit of a different way because of it. It's mm-hmm. honestly it's comforting to me now because like yeah maybe I didn't get that role that senior year show when I should have gotten something better than the hand that I was dealt. Now like I look back and I'm like oh my god that was embarrassing. I appreciate all the shows so much now for some odd reason I still remember all like the choreography and things like my friends that I didn't know them that I know now like they love when I give them a performance I get so much more enjoyment now that I remember all of that and I can bring it into something that I'm doing now like I'll never yeah. forget like the first time I've sang in front of people and they're like holy shit like I think I appreciate it more now like, and everything that it did for me because now when people that not that they didn't see me back then but there's more of an appreciation there's more of a respect and like it's more for myself and it's 
it's more so for the people that were positive forces on my life instead of those adults and those people that were on that pedestal. So like, Mm -hmm. I think now, especially I'm like, even though I was a weirdo and I looking back cringe at every single moment, essentially, I appreciate it because I can entertain people more so than I could have with my whole family buying like two rows of tickets. There were times where I was at bars at school and I would do like a whole performance and people would be like, shit, you're funny as hell. And I'm like, I know, thanks. Like I truly credit that to that. As upsetting as it was, it ended up working out better for me because I think that being the entertainer now for my own enjoyment and for others, instead of just feeling like I had to do it because I was part of that cult and that I appreciate it a lot more and I re-fell in love with it essentially because it all came down to being the center of attention and now I feel like I get the attention I deserve then. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's but a great, it's a um, lot more special. It's a great foundational tool. I like that you said that you have like a, a respect for it because you know, when you're in high school and you get a lead role or you don't get a lead role, that's like for that private environment. Nobody in a different state knows what's going on, knows that you're playing this lead at this high school. It's very much an exclusive environment. So those things that happen, like the negative things that happened in that environment, a lesson. Te- it teaches very good lifelong lessons. Essentially, I am so happy that you came on for the episode. I mean, as much of a roast as it was to both of us in our lives, I think this is something important for a lot of people to listen to because I think this is a part of my life that I kind of shut out for a while and Mm -hmm. I would just make fun of, but truly it has molded me into the person that I am today. And I think a lot of our experiences together have truly made an impact on my life and I would hope yours. Also, I think we made good points of how like even when you're changing and you're evolving into a new person. I think this is becoming more of a Jappy Jaw brand thing. Like you will find your way and you will find your purpose. And the people that mean the most to you and that have been through it, like Meg's been with me for a decade, you will find your way and find your place with that person as well. Meg and I might not talk every single day. I honestly, this is going to sound so terrible. I don't know the last time I saw Meg. I really don't. Maybe it was probably when you were in high school. Yeah, we have not seen each other in person. I think definitely at least since you left for school, honestly. I think maybe no 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 definitely after that I I definitely saw you your senior year yes because I saw I didn't see that show that makes sense my senior year I did see you your senior year but then like I then also was working in the city and then we're all doing our different things but like we always managed to stay in touch and I think that's the beauty of friendship too like you work for it all the time like I am such a believer and preacher of that even though like you haven't seen this person the amount of like an effect that they have on you and what they mean to you and I was saying this in my last episode with my friend Anna, you truly like having these people and especially someone that's been through everything similar to you with the same similar experiences. That's where you're going to really figure out like, okay, is this person someone that I want to keep? Or is this someone that like was just good for the time being? But that was never the case for Meg and I. And I appreciate that. And I hope once the Rona ends and I hope, especially when you turn 21, I would love to experience Meg at a bar where we're not crowded in the corner of my family room drinking random (laughs) wines. Yes. Hiding under the stairs. (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed being on the podcast, Meg. I had such a fun time. Fresh. It felt so good. Like, it feels special to be on, uh, to hear my voice, you know? Now someone's <laughs> no, going yeah, to listen to their house. I know, exactly. And I hope people from high school listen and take a few notes, you know? But Meg, I want people to follow you, so plug yourself. So give your um, ads. My, okay, my at on Twitter, which is probably the best place to follow me. Oh, is yeah. Follow, at, she has the best tweets, honestly. I, I do. Th- think I favorite every single one of yours. I have the best, like, fever dream 
thoughts that like I tweet out. Um, anyway, my tweet, my Twitter is at M Alberti, M E L B E R T I. And then my Instagram is at Meg Val Elb, which is just those three separate sections of letters, Meg, M E G, Val, V A L. L-B-L-B. I'm really happy that, you know, I kept someone company, you know, someone was listening to this on their drive home or something. So, you know, what? no, exactly. I hope you had fun chatting with me. Oh, this is your podcast now. Yep. This is mine. <laughs> Next, week, Jappy Jaws. Next week, I am the Jappiest Jaw. So let's go. <laughs> when I tell you she used to do this with positive vibes too, she did. <laughs> yes. She's like, nope, Lindsay, you're out of the studio. It's me and Foley now. And I was like, oh, fuck you. Bye. But yes, Meg, thanks for coming. It was a lot of fun. I really, I felt like I forgot a lot of the stories and moments that you brought up and I'm glad that I got to relive it especially flower field yes classic story now how fucking funny is Meg like I'm not even kidding I've never met someone that is as humorous and quick as her because she just kind of wraps it all together and makes sense of it somehow some way I hope everybody enjoyed that little exposed Meg I know it wasn't as expose as it may have seemed to have be but I feel like we touched a lot on things that needed to be exposed and how people feel in those situations and I'm really thankful for that and I am very excited to hear what you guys think of all these different scenarios that we were talking about in the situations we've both been in and our take on friendship and high school and now versus then and how we really got through and how we feel about it now because I think that's something that a lot of people try to push away and push out instead of just embracing and thinking and talking about those things. So I'm glad that she was on to get that out there. Next week, I am so, 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 so excited for this. Some of you may have seen it on my Instagram and on her Instagram. I got to sit down and chat with, virtually obviously, with a influencer, a Gymshark influencer, a social media influencer, just the best influencer out there, honestly, named Libby Christensen. She and I are actually the same age and we literally just got to talking. I literally felt like I knew this girl for literally ever. And she truly opened up my eyes and made me a lot more woke than I thought I was in so many different aspects. We touched on so many great things. So next week, be on the lookout for that. And the following week, I have another special guest, but I'll talk about that more next week. And then it's also my birthday month. So at some point, there's going to be some sort of birthday episode. I'm turning 22. It's not a big deal. Like, I don't really care anymore. I think once you turn 21, there's really no fun to it, as sad as that sounds. If anybody has any ideas of what they would want me to do for my birthday episode, I know that sounds weird, let me know. I'm super excited. We have so much coming. I can't believe 2021 is almost here. I'm so thankful for that, and I'm sure plenty of you are as well. I know you guys missed this in my last episode, and I didn't want to end this episode, and I know it's a long one without doing this, but guess what, everybody? It's the post grad fucking doozy. This is what I want to talk about. And this is kind of like a funny one. And I know this is a lot of what people are feeling now, especially those that are in college school at the end of the semester type feel. I don't know if anybody else used to do this when they were in college, when they were in school. You like get a little bit done and then you're like, ooh, reward time. I'm going to go on my phone for another 30 minutes. Well, let me tell you, that shit continues to go on post grad. Literally, I have never felt like I've done that more so than I have now. And I'm really noticing it more because I will be editing and I will be doing something. And I'm like, oh my God, this is hurting my eyes. I need a break. And then I just go on my phone as if I wasn't just looking at my fucking screen. I don't know how to stop this. I try not to have my phone around me when I'm editing, but that never ends up working out too hot for me. But it's something 
something that literally, I think it's a self-control type thing and it's not a reward <laughs> anymore. It's kind of like, you might as well just get it the fuck done and then call it a day and then see what happens from there. I don't know. That's just how I feel about that. I think a lot of other people could relate that have podcasts. You edit a little bit and you're like, oh, I need a little bit of a break. And then you kind of get into the groove of doing something else, which I don't really understand. That's on that. I don't understand why I do if anybody else has any tips on what to do with that. That would be greatly appreciated. And then I want to hit you with another one. Initially, I wasn't going to, but I'm going to. I think this is a mentality type thing that I want to take with me into 2021, as well as kind of tying it back to Meg's whole purpose of being here. We talked a lot about forcing friendships, and I've talked about that a lot. Sometimes, and for a while, I felt as if I was kind of, I hate to say it like this, but forcing friendships because I felt like I needed to just please people. And honestly, I'm tired of pleasing people. I'm tired of doing things for people because I know it's going to make them happy. Yes, it's situation-based, but at the end of the day, if it's not giving you joy or myself joy or anything, why are we going to waste time with doing something like that? I think it's kind of silly and I think it's immature. And I think especially, this is an act towards myself, we get a little nervous to talk about why we don't want to do certain things or why we don't want to maintain that energy or please that person anymore because A, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings, but you also don't want to deal with the repercussions of what's to come because it can be a ripple effect of everything else that comes from that just from being like, I don't want to do this and kind of standing your ground and stating your peace. But I think people kind of just need to break down that wall, get out of their comfort zone, be like, all right, fuck this. I need to do what's best for me. Everybody needs to be a little bit more selfish. And I know we shit on people for being selfish, but there are certain times where people like myself, we do things because we're great people. Not to suck my own dick, but like, I'm gonna. I know I'm a good friend. I know I can do things for people and I am that person for people and I will continue to be. I'm not gonna continue to maintain. I hope you guys don't continue to maintain friendships that aren't like giving you anything back. I feel like if it's very platonic or if it's not doing what you are for them, reciprocating, what's the point? Talk about it, get to the bottom of it, and then you go from there to see if it's worth your time and energy. Yes, it sucks losing a friend, it sucks losing a significant other, it sucks losing someone that's been in your life for so long, but sometimes it's okay to outgrow people. It's okay to come to the conclusion that this person served you a purpose then, but it's sucky, but it has to happen in the future because it doesn't mean that they're gonna be with you for the long haul. And everything in that aspect will happen for a reason if it mends and somehow forms into something greater, excellent. If it doesn't, oh well, sniff, smell, see you later, we figure it out, you meet more people. Life is all about experiences and I think a lot of people need to experience a lot more. Yes, we are very limited right now with COVID and everything, being stuck in the house, but guess what? Get out of your comfort zone, don't be a little bitch about it, say what you feel, say it with your chest. I can't say that enough. I think my quotes of this podcast are, say it with your chest, sniff, smell, and take it with a grain of salt. You know what I'm saying? Don't settle, be selfish, do what's gonna make you feel good on the inside. Do what's gonna make you grow as a person and grow with that other person's in your life. And don't be scared. Just do it. Just do it. You know what I'm saying? All right, guys, I know this was a long episode and I hope you all enjoyed what I had to say. And if you have anything else that you would like to talk about with me, you know where to find me. Follow me on Instagram at Lindsay Anya, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-Y-A-N-Y-A-A. And of course, the Jappy Jaws Instagram at J-A-P-P-Y-J-A-W-S. I almost forgot how to spell that. Please make sure you are liking, subscribing, reviewing, rating, all that you can for the Jappy Jaws podcast. I am so beyond thankful for each and every one of you. You have made this entire experience so much more than I could have ever have hoped for. It literally leaves me speechless every single week. And I will see you all next Thursday with Libby. 